Doug. You sound so sweet. Hi, Karen. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Usually I sound like a raging bitch. That's and not what I said. <laughs> oh, how are it was you? Just, it was just extra sugar in that greeting. That there was, was all. It was, <laughs> you got a little extra sugar today. How are you? Um, I'm doing well. I can't complain. Okay, I think ahead. everyone is like fatigued from losing their minds, so I haven't heard too much from a lot of the crazies in the world that I often do. That's kind of exciting. It, is, it kind of is. I'm hoping that I'm not jinxing it. So, so there's that. Right. Now, also, are you guys okay. back in like a big old lockdown yet? Not yet. We keep okay. waiting. Not yet. Okay. But they they're like inching toward it. Okay. They they had um lowered the the time at which the places like restaurants and bars and gyms could close and now they have again paused indoor dining so um i i think a a stronger shutdown is inevitable are your gyms still open they are oh wow our shut down like two weeks ago yeah i really and i um a friend of mine in boston said the same had happened to him yesterday so yeah so I'm, yep. I'm expecting maybe we get all of December and then it's shut down again. <sighs> but, but, but they started um, vaccinations. So, yay. It, yeah. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's that. Again, vaccination is not a cure. We still don't know all the ways we're up against this, but, but it's something. Yeah, it is something. So, Okay. You know what? You know what they didn't have on Melrose Place. Coronavirus. Uh, COVID nineteen. <laughs> yeah, they just had Taylor. They had... <laughs> yeah, but you know what? So do we. We still do. And now we do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a very different kind of affliction, but a potent one nonetheless. So we are on episode 21 of season five, Men Are From Melrose. Yeah. As opposed to Mars. That was a big book back then, right? Well, I was going to say, I think that's already kind of an outdated reference. I feel like that book's moment had come and gone by then. You know what? Let me fire up the old Google for a second, if it's working. I'm placing Men Are From Mars, Women From Venus as like, a 1994 publication. So by 97, it's kind of out of vogue. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's see what Amazon has to say. Oh, that's stupid. They did like the repub, the repub date. And I'm like, oh, it was like 2009. I'm like, that's a lie. 2009. Uh, 1992. You're right. It was an outdated yeah, reference. So, yeah. You know, if they had entitled a season one episode that, Sure, makes a bit more sense. Right. Nope, yeah, totally outdated at this point. Bad title. That's right. They've had some good ones. This was not one. No, this was not one. So, I don't know. Lots of ups and downs in this episode. I'll be honest. For me, more downs than ups. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, you know, I should render my verdict after we've recapped everything. But... It's not even like I dislike any specific or particular storyline at this point, though I do have a lot of fatigue with Michael and Kimberly and Megan. Um, there's just no real fun. Like I agree. Even you can have whatever sex, whatever fighting you want. 
but but this feels very tedious right now. Like I think season four was just it was over the top and completely inconsistent and ridiculous. And the, the storylines right now, I mean, for what they are, are not overly far fetched for the most part. Um, but there's also no sense of fun. Like there's no no one seems to be reveling in any what any of these storylines are doing. We're just marching characters through relationship woes of various kinds right now. And this is not that show. Yeah, well, most of the, I mean, most of the storylines are pretty morose. They are, especially right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, there is not one storyline that has a sort of, I don't know, sense of whimsy. No, and to make matters worse, even if we did have one, that would be Billy and Sam, which is as abortive of a storyline as we would possibly get so yeah i mean i mean i i do not get sense of whimsy and those no, two in the no, same they're, room they're yeah. like shiny new couple but who gives a shit quite yeah i know that. oh my god i mean the the few scenes that they had together just the two of them were i mean truly painful i was like why do they put the two worst actors together yeah but i know like that's great because that's when i can take the fewest amount of notes right <laughs> You know, it's so funny. We have swapped roles. We did. I noticed it a while back. We did. We, we swapped. Did. I, I am just like not even taking notes. I'm just like kicking back. Every once in a while, I'll pick up my phone and jot something down. And they're like, I think I have, I have like four sentences worth of notes. But otherwise, I'm like, I'm just going to roll with it. I remember nothing. Doug will remind me. I'm happy to. <laughs> and I feel like even when I take notes, there's still things I miss. So <laughs> good thing I didn't go into a career as a stenographer. I know. Okay, so who do you want to start with? Should we do the big one? Like, should we do Peter and Taylor? Because that's kind of where we left off. And Yeah, you know what? Yeah, you know why? Because this was the big storyline, and it was so fucking boring. Yeah, I mean, that's ultimately what it comes down to. It was kind of like Peter and Taylor had a lot of sex while Nick watched. Yeah. Well, okay, we're done. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, <laughs> let's let's talk about Nick for a minute, and I swear I'll time it because like it doesn't deserve a minute more. Than that. <laughs> but um, when when we're all done, but that's basically what it is. Yeah. I mean, like Peter and Taylor are dancing around. Should they stop? Should they keep going with this affair? As they make it so easy for Nick to run all over LA and spy on them, and like, who cares? And we have actors who may not be amazing actors, but they're good at hitting, like, the soapy note actors. Mm -hmm. Yep. And they're, they're, I'm going to say there isn't a lot of material for them to really hit out of the park. Because I'm not faulting any of them, but they're not giving a lot. Right. So it's kind of, everything we've got right now isn't enough. And they, you know, Melrose has infamously played this game of, like, you know, flings and sex and affairs and betrayals and all that stuff in so many different ways and in so many different ways where it's, like, riotously funny or iconically over the top. And mm -hmm. we just have some sex. Well, and you we know, just have some cheating. You know, the thing is, too, I think what, what sort of gets me with the storyline is not only is this affair boring, and it's an affair. It shouldn't be. That's right. 
but it's also it feels really half baked. Yeah. You know, um, like like Peter has, you know, Peter is kind of cheating on Amanda, even though they've kind of broken up. Um, and he's cheating on her because he thinks she's cheating on him with Craig. But like, but there's never been there's ne- yeah like there's this with the Craig thing yeah I mean there's and, never been a thing where he's I mean he's sort of half-ass confronted Amanda about it in in this episode and she was like oh please yeah and the thing about the thing about Peter and Amanda is they're essentially done but their dissolution is really half baked also mm-hmm. because like she has thrown you out you guys have both inched toward reconciliation and sort of inched away. He, he thinks you have been cheating with Craig and you've basically just poo-pooed it, but not outright denied it. And, uh, or said, I mean, she kind of says at this point, go fuck yourself in right. this episode. But right. and Peter basically admits that like, well, my marriage is probably over. I'm having an affair, but my marriage is probably over. But this is not real life. We don't need these baby steps and the ambiguity. Well, uh, the no, other... come on, have sex. I mean, like, people fall se- in yeah. and out of beds and apartments on this show quicker than anywhere. Like, we don't need to be slower at this point. That's not what the show does. The other thing that doesn't make any sense to me is that Taylor is, you know, she she tells Peter she loves... I mean, people say, I love you at the drop of a hat, too. You know, she tells Peter she loves him, and basically she can't be without him, and all of this shit, but she, like, why is she still with Kyle? Why are they still married? We've never been given a reason why she should stay with him. That's right. You know, it's not like she said, oh, Peter, like, um, you know, you you make my heart beat hard, but I will never leave my husband because I love him. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, she's never, she's never sort of said, you be my boy so I could, but I'm not leaving my husband for you. So why doesn't she just get up and leave her husband? Exactly. She's got I mean, what at, she at this point, from the first time we met her in episode one, she basically already decided she was going to leave this marriage one way or another because that's how she dragged him to leave their lives in Boston and go to L.A. And all she did was stalk and hound Peter until she could finally get him. Uh, even though Kyle had cheated, I think it's fair to say, and correct me if I'm being too, you know, heterosexist about this or whatever, but she's already now done worse for longer than Kyle had when he stepped out. Like, so it's not really done. We don't know because we just know he cheated. I don't know that we Oh, have I thought, for some details? reason, I thought that it was a one-night stand. So maybe not. Because uh, I thought it was with, like, a waitress in the restaurant. It was. Yeah, okay. they said that. So it could have... Look, I, it I, maybe been, it could have been. been. I mean, I might have missed something. That wouldn't be wouldn't be the first time. Um, I usually watch this after I've had a few, you know. But, I mean, and the thing with Kyle and Taylor is they fight as often as they don't fight. But except for the end of last last week's episode when he shows up in the kitchen and they do it while Peter was outside. Like, there's no real fire. There's no real passion between the two of them. Right. So... You know, like, this thing came ready to dissolve from the very beginning anyway. So, like, just leave. Yeah. I yeah. think, I do think we're kind of headed to some big blow-up, and I think Nick is ultimately going to be the catalyst. But quite frankly, we don't need Nick. Like, we we had the players that we currently have 
on the canvas, you know, we had Carter and Sydney going back and forth between the apartment and the um, the restaurant. And we had Michael walking in on Taylor in the doctor's office. Like, there are other ways that this whole thing could have just blown up and involved our players. Right. I mean, especially if they're getting, you know, if they're getting frisky in the kitchen, Kyle yeah. could have caught him that way. Right. I, I mean, there are a million ways to catch him. We didn't need this dude to sort of come in unless it just was sort of one more, I don't know, one more nail in the coffin to sort of show how Taylor and Kyle are just, you know, at each other's throats. Yeah. Um, but again, like, why do they even do that? Because they don't usually care about, you know, driving, you know, dri driving a point home. You know, if they did, then, you know, we'd understand why Taylor doesn't just leave Kyle. At this point, yeah, there's yeah. not that much to lose. I mean, if we're talking real estate, everyone has a new home to go to with the, the new partner. So, like, we're really fine. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, even if it was something like, oh, you know, uh, because of the restaurant, we can't divorce, I'll lose everything. You know what I mean? Then just say it. Just say like, it. One line. Give yourselves the, the dire straits that are keeping you together. Fine. Yeah. One line. Just one line. That's all we need. All we need. Because now she's professing love to, the, to, to, um, Peter. to Peter. And she's professing this love, but she's still with her husband. And that doesn't make any sense to me. No. No, and, like, there's no promise of, oh, I'm going to leave him, and, oh, it's over between me and Kyle. Like, this is playing out like an affair, not like I am leaving one for the other. Right, right. Um, I will say, I think, I think we're about to see Peter g get even darker as the season continues, and that actually makes for a more interesting dynamic than the boring tedium we have right now. Well, I guess that's good. It's not great. It's just something. <laughs> and we really don't have to sum too much more up other than, like, you know, Taylor is kind of on to Nick because Nick is parked right in front of Peter's house at the marina. Um, and then yeah, later, Nick, Nick really overhears bad. Nick Taylor. is really bad at the sleuthing shit. Like, he keeps getting caught. I mean, the only reason he's good at it is because they couldn't make it easier or more obvious to him. Um which is why he's able to find Taylor and Peter at the golf course and take photos of them doing it on the 15th hole. Where did he get that camera? With the telescope I mean, with the telescope <laughs> lens. I mean, I was just like, there's this guy who's from out of town who ends up like Had getting like two dollars to his job. name. Like he's got no money. His friend has to employ him as a bartender, and all of a sudden he's whipping out this camera with a telephoto lens. He probably like, got it with the money that Craig fronted him. I mean, I guess. It was kind of crazy. I was like, what is this shit? So, yeah. And we get a little bit more of Craig flirting slash insinuating himself on Amanda. And, you know, she just kind of dresses him down. And the, the, it's kind of all there is. Yeah. Oh, but Amanda gets her office back. She, but she demands to get her office back. Yeah, she demands her office back. And um, she can't work in the bullpen, apparently. Can't work that close to the staff. She can't get her work done. <laughs> no, it's too hard for her to do the client work. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay, we're moving on. Um, yeah, because this storyline was just, honestly, it was grating. It was grating. Yeah, and I really thought, okay, here we are. We're two-thirds through an epic season to begin with. Okay, so we have basically 
we've got the big affair, we've got the big breakup between Peter and Amanda. Like, it should be more exciting by this point. It should be more titillating, and it's not. Mm-hmm. I do have, uh, like, some memories of things that happen, I guess, super late in the season. And I feel like it does get more exciting, but those may be just brief moments that pop out. Mm. This ain't no season two, is what you're saying. Yeah, as we've been saying. (laughs) But at least it's not season four. But it's not season... Again, it is a different show than it used to be, but it's still better than season four. It is better than season four. Okay. Where do we go next? Do you want to do Allison Jake or Michael, Megan, Kimberly? Um, I don't know. I mean, I kind of hated them equally. I probably... I think I hated Jake and Allison more, but yeah. um, but you pick. Let's let's get Jake and Allison out of the way. Okay. Um, you know the way I think I'm going to keep feeling about this is I'm always going to be liking it a little bit more than you are, but I'm also still going to be very frustrated by it, right. and that's where I am again here. So we pick up with Jake somewhere in Northern California at the house where Colleen, his ex, and his son David are. And he's getting ready to to motorbike back down. Um, And that's when I guess he finally talks to Colleen a bit more openly about Allison and the pregnancy. And she says, you know, one of the reasons why she knew he couldn't be a father to David was he wasn't ready because... His thing is he always wants things his way. He's and he too rigid. Yeah. yeah, he's too rigid. Which is, uh, like, to me, not really a great reason to shield his paternity from him back in the day. And also, not necessarily always the Jake we've seen, but okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. Particularly, I mean, again, they threw out the Bible. Because if you remember, I think it was back in season one where it's the beginning of season one was it's the beginning early. where the girlfriend yeah. showed up that she was like in the art dealer person, and she mm-hmm. she and Jake were like I don't know on the lam together because they were like thieves together or something like that. Now if they had pulled that you know war horse out of the story bible and said I got knocked up and you were a criminal back then, and I just didn't want anything to do with that. Then I would have said, oh, yep, sister, I understand. Right. But instead, he was just too rigid. Yeah. I mean, fine. Whatever. I mean, We are where we are. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, the purpose of Jake being too rigid, the purpose that that served is that Jake could then go back to Los Angeles and have this big conversation with Allison about how he's too rigid. but give him a second chance and he'll change. But, you know, I think, <laughs> I, I don't, I still think you, you know, it could have been, well, back when I was pregnant, you were a thief and I just didn't want to raise my son in that. But now you've grown up and you've become this really wonderful man and you're going to be a great father. But you know what? It sounds like you're a little too rigid. Yeah. Boom! Problem solved. I don't know. That just annoyed me. And then the kid. The kid before he leaves, before Jake says, takes off, the kid says, comes out. By the out. way, I always I knew it was you all along. Yeah, the kid comes out. Are you my father? Like he was yeah. just like I knew it was you all along, and 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 I'm like, like I really I was like I I was just like I give up I give up, and that's the only moment. Like the kid is like, 
It's just like, yeah, cool. Like, like no. Well, yeah, because like any good parent would do right after you have this moment with the kid saying, I always, I knew it was you. I always wanted a dad. And now you're here and I know you're my real dad. Perfect timing for Jake to then turn around and say, okay, I'm going back to LA, but. Yeah, like, why not? I mean, you know, he, when we found out that he had a kid, he was all upset and he wanted to have a relationship with the kid. And now he like, the kid's like, I know you're my dad. And he's like, yeah, you're a smart kid. I'm out. Yep. Yep. Gotta go. Later. Have anyway. a good life. Bye. Yeah. And I, so I do, and I do, and what was the purpose of that? Um, I, th- I, th- I think it, it plants a certain seed in Jake's head, but I don't think we see that, um, for like a few more episodes. Okay, because there was no, I, like, when, when that happened, I was like, there is no reason for this cherry on top here. Like, the kid could just be like, it was great meeting you, you're a real cool dude. Yeah, it's like, I wish I'm my sorry, dad it was, was a jerk more like you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there could have been another something instead of, I knew you were my dad all along. Like, I mean, did the kid even know he was adopted? That, like, I thought, like, I thought that his, his adopted dad adopted him when he was like a baby or I don't know well, the, I think the dad the stepfather did and it's unclear because I thought they said something like what you were saying last week about how the father like he thinks blah 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 is his dad or whatever right I thought Colleen said that to Jay right but I don't and know. Now maybe like- the kid maybe the maybe the kid really did know and that's why he's been acting out but they don't explain any of that. Such a smart kid. Yeah, apparently. Must have been from Colleen's jeans. Yeah. Um, so then we get back to Melrose. And Sam is swimming in the pool when Jake returns. And so, okay, not really to pun off of this, but like this is another murky water-type thread. Because the last time we saw Sam, she was in D&D. She walked right by security. Uh, and, <laughs> and caught Allison and Billy in a hug because they were talking about having just seen her sonogram. So she's a little bit, I guess, on edge, threatened about what might be happening or rekindling between Billy and Allison. It's not really explored just how much this may or may not light a fire under her, but it must do so enough because she really pushes Jake to try and reconcile with Allison so that Jake can get Allison away from Billy is what I think we're supposed to believe. Like yeah, it's, I, she's not yeah. being Allison's friend right here. Right. She's trying to get Allison away from Billy. Right. There's no altruism here. No. Uh, you can't really tell that again from what Brooke Langton is giving because she can barely like, you know, towel off and deliver her dialogue at the same time, let alone give any subtlety or meaning to it but um i'm sorry that was mean she's just bad um so she knows that she's going with allison to her next OBGYN appointment tells jake when and where it is so jake is there waiting for allison when she comes out um and you know allison's like okay obviously you you ambushed me here it's fine uh she talks to jake who asks for another chance and she says the way he acted scared her starts going off on these platitudes like she needs to figure out how she wants to live her life now um they really between this and i think the following scene with jake they introduce a lot of 
lines that Allison, I think I remember her continuing to say for the rest of the season mm -hmm. about, this is the way my life is, this is the way I am, I have different dreams, I'm not sure who I am, blah, blah, blah. Stuff that I actually like the way she delivers, stuff mm -hmm. that actually makes sense psychologically for someone who has endured all of the victimization that someone like Allison has, but in real life. On the show, I need something different. I need something that's a little more TV-friendly, dynamic couples with either forward motion or, or, or breaking up or doing something. There's something very undynamic going on here that bothers me. Again, I felt like they didn't mine her past enough. Like, that's so funny because I feel the opposite. Like, I was kind of, like, every, every response that she was giving him about, you know, she doesn't know what her dreams are, she doesn't know that, she doesn't know that. I was kind of like, oh, my God, like, you should be having a bigger reaction. Like, not, I don't know if I'm, you know sort of one that moves past, I don't know if I'm going to be a good mom, you know, even if it like went to, how do I know you're not going to molest my kid? Sure. Do you, do you know what I mean? Because oh, dad totally. yeah. like, like there could have been something so much. Yeah. Bigger. They don't lean into it. They, yeah. They give her enough baggage to kind of be resistant, but they don't dig in deeper, which is like, you actually wouldn't be wishy-washy. You'd be out of there in a second. You would say, Oh no, never mind. I know exactly what I want, and it isn't this. Right, right, and so it and it feels like what is she afraid of? Like, like because Jake wants to live in the suburbs, and she wants to stay in the city. Do you right. know what I mean? Like, it just feels like that's that's what she's afraid of, instead of just right. Saying, I mean, you have essentially the brass ring yeah. right in front of you. So, are you afraid of what the world can do to someone, and bringing that person into the world? Because right now, I think what you're really talking about is Jake and not this new kid to be. Yeah. So, yeah. No, they totally could have unpacked it more. And they don't. And they won't. They lean into the baggage, but they don't really lean into, like, really more of what's underneath it. Right. As I, as I remember. Not just in this episode, but, but as it continues. Right, right, right. Um, so, meanwhile, we get more of Billy and Sam. Um, and... She tells Billy about seeing them at work, um, and he's like, you're being ridiculous, uh, there, there's nothing there, and he walks out and goes to work. Yeah. In, like, parachute pants. I mean, he's wearing balloon clothes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, 90s fashion. 90s fashion. Yeah, uh, well, I never dressed like that, thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> or did I? I don't know. Maybe I remember my fabric differently. Um, uh, but so then the next time we see him, Billy returns home, really like tail between his legs. He brings champagne, chocolates, flowers, and a box of pastels for Sam, the artist. Um, and he he says that he said something about this to Allison, which I wish it, that's a scene that we could have also watched. But Yeah. Um, yeah. We don't need to. We'll just hear about it later. The end result is they vow to to stay out of other people's business. Mm -hmm. um, so Allison and Jake go on a date. They're walking around town. Um, and she seems genuinely like proud of him, happy for him when he says that he went and visited David, which yes. I thought was a nice response. 
And that's when she says the thing about how I think deep down we have different dreams and he wants the perfect house and she doesn't and she doesn't even know what her dreams are. You know, like, these are actually very heavy existential thoughts that are just too heavy for this show. Yeah. So they don't, they don't dig into them and it's, you know, we don't really have internal conflict like this for our characters on the show. There's usually something far more external and visible. Yeah. Um, and I just don't think anyone involved with the show knows what to do with that. Um, the other thing that seems to have been dropped completely is like when Jake took off, there was a big question mark about whether Allison was even going to have the baby or have an abortion. Like yeah. there was, that was sort of like, I guess his catalyst for leaving or partially his catalyst for leaving is he thought that she was going to terminate the pregnancy. And and she had that revelation when they did the sonogram and Billy was in the room and she, this is the baby. She wants the baby. She's excited now to be a mom. But all of that is left out. Yeah, I was going to say what they don't talk about is now she's even had another appointment. Like she doesn't talk to him about the sonogram. She doesn't right. talk to him about her decision. He doesn't really ask it. I guess we're just left to assume and that could have been a censor thing. That you just can't say abortion more times than the twice you mentioned it. I don't know. Um, I I don't think they pick up the thread about did you or did you not. It's like he just knows there's still a baby. There's still a baby. And yeah, I guess I just it felt again another but they opportunity. Have. No, I mean like, that like, was you the know, with that for walk, the whole thing. Yeah. You know, with that walk where she's saying we don't, I don't know, we don't want the same things, and I don't know what it is I want, and you know, but you know, she could say something about, you know, hearing the heartbeat or the sonogram or yeah, whatever. Yeah, we should have seen what that meant to her. Yeah, yeah. We, should have, yeah. we should have heard her say what that right. meant to her. Absolutely. Right. right. Um, there, there were just, I don't know, it just feels like this season is like the season of missed opportunities. Yeah. Like, they, they go, they, they, they're close. It's like they're close. And then they don't quite, they don't quite hit the mark, you know? That that's like 1000% what's going on. Thanks. Um, and again, it's, it's two different things. Her not wanting to marry Jake or be scared of marriage is different than, I don't know if I want this baby that I'm carrying. Those are two different things and they may provoke the same kind of strife between the two of them, but those are different conversations about two different things to have. Right. And we're only getting one conversation. Right. So, all right. Then I think we have more Billy and Sam. Well, they hold hands, so yeah. looks like looks like things are still moving in the right. Oh, I know. Then we have Amanda Trash talking Jake in the apartment with Allison. Right. And so Allison and fun. Yeah, this was good because now we have the now they're rebuilding that sort of catty relationship between Allison yeah. and Amanda that we all love. Right. And Allison eventually articulates it. She says that um, that Amanda is really transferring her hate of Peter Burns to Jake. And Amanda, like, sort of ignores it. She doesn't deny it. She just sort of ignores it. But Amanda's like, I can't believe you're going to waste your life on Jake. After all the heart-to-hearts we had, Karen, I would have watched a season of Allison and Amanda's heart-to-hearts. <laughs> their late-night talks about their lives. I would have, that is the show that I want. That's the spinoff I would have paid to see. But that's not what we get. No, we don't get one instance of it. <laughs> Two episodes ago, Amanda couldn't have been nicer to Allison, and now she's basically talking to her like she's trash again. 
Oh my god, I'd bring the popcorn for those. Holy shit, I know, I know. Imagine if we had a season of Allison and Amanda Heart to Hearts. You know what? That'd be great. We should just, we should just write the fanfic. And, oh my god, we should write the fanfic. Maybe they should yeah. just have an affair. They should. Well, I mean, can't, can't they just be two women having a conversation week after week? Can't it just be Kate and Allie? The yeah. Allison and Amanda version? It could be, but that's not fan. That that's not what fanfic is. That's not what fanfic does. No, you got to get dirty with fanfic. Well, they could, and we should. They write. could. They could. All right, so you guys are gonna have to come visit us over on Wattpad because <laughs> you're gonna start writing <laughs> the Amanda and Allison fanfic you did not know you needed. Yeah, I didn't even know until right now. I know. I'm getting kind of a little too excited about this. <laughs> it's way more exciting than what we're dealing with. So we're going to wrap it up real quick and move on over, guys. Um, there's a couple more moments with Allison. She sees um, Samantha in the courtyard and apologizes. She goes, I th uh, or actually, she, does she say it to Sam or to Billy? I think, I thought she apologized to Sam that yeah she's talking to sam and she goes i i gather i was the cause of some friction between right yeah and billy. yeah and then and then sam says that billy said that sam's the love of his life right yes yeah which i don't really think allison gives a shit she has other things on her mind but damn because <laughs> that's what billy deserves <laughs> Again, they've known each other 12 seconds. Oh, God. I uh, hate this, too. And so Allison returns to Jake's apartment, and, you know, again, she re re revisits the, the danger of Jake thing. She says his reaction caused a lot of damage, and her, she doesn't want to blow it, and she does have a dream, and it's about taking chances in life, and, and the chance that she wants to take is to be with him. And they're essentially back together after that. And, and it, it, they can't really write shit like that. No, well, they, they don't. They can't really package that up. They, they, can't. they, need, they need throwing people in pools. They, yeah, what they do. Yeah. Um. So after all that, Jake and Allison are back together, and uh, we'll see what happens. You know, as they become a family. Um. But that was that was a lot. But that was it for Jake and Allison. Well, you know, here's my question, too. Like, oh, God, now I don't remember what my question was. It was about Allison. Yeah, it was about Allison, it was about Allison and Jake, and she shows up, and we're back together again, and they're back in love, and now, nope, I had the thought, disappeared. All right. Well, you know, if it comes back to you, you can always interrupt yourself because I can. It's our podcast. I know, I know, but wow, no, yeah, I had it. I had it. It happens had to it. me all the time. And then it just poof, gone. Poof. Um, oh, now I remember. Oh. So Allison's back working at D and D, but she still co-owns the bar. Um. Yeah, I think they'll. I think they deal with that later on. They do deal because I was like, "Are is this another thing that they're just going to drop when they finally break these two up?" I feel like they 
forget about it for a while and then address it. Okay. Okay. All right. That was it. I feel like we haven't seen or heard the last of the businessy stuff. Okay. That's it. Also, do you know for certain what happens by the end of this storyline? No. Okay. I'm talking about it like I know and that you don't. So I'm going to, okay, I'll keep doing that. Yeah. No, I have no um, idea what happens at the end of the storyline. I, but I am assuming that they're going to break up. I'll say neither yes or no. Okay. Okay. I'm, but either way, I'm sure there's more stuff to come that you won't see coming until it's happening. Okay. Well, I look um, forward. Yeah, no, you don't. Oh, you really right. don't. Anyway. Okay. Okay, so the one laugh I had, I think, this whole episode came with the Kimberly Michael Megan storyline. You had a laugh with that? I did. I did. Oh. As we as we recap, maybe you'll remember. Okay. Um, we start off with Kimberly again talking to Megan, who remember last week almost tried to run Kimberly over. Yes. Um, and there's the beach house. At the beach house. Yes. Um, Megan just keeps showing up. She's always there. Yeah. She's so Kimberly is pleading with Megan. She's like, Michael is the love of my life, and there's just nothing you or I can do about it. And Megan is like, well, don't push me aside. Um, and this is where Kimberly finds out that Michael and Megan married. Right. <laughs> Which I forgot that she wasn't supposed to know. I forgot that she didn't already know. Quite. Uh, I, like, I think that I swear that this had come up before. Yeah. Like, I swear that Megan had said, but he's my husband. I don't know. I, I could have been certain that this had come up before. But what do I know? I'm I not think there it. was a thing where Michael told Megan to take her ring off, right? In an earlier episode? Yeah, but I I don't know. It but just, I forgot yeah, that, I don't know. that, I that forgot was still a, a ruse. Yeah, I forgot that yeah. was still a thing. Um, and then Michael shows up at the house. Like, they're just always showing up at the beach house, middle of the day. So Michael shows up while Megan and Kimberly are talking. He's like, what's going on? And and they're like, it's nothing, Michael. And Megan walks out. Michael follows. And Megan's like, I don't think Kimberly's even gonna ever going to die. I don't even think she's sick, which... So suddenly, Megan is the smartest one on the show. Yeah. Um, and then we get to the part that made me laugh. In the next scene... Oh, in Megan's, the hospital. Yeah. 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 Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Megan is walking through Wilshire Memorial, and she dons a doctor's coat, um, and, and she <laughs> steps into a room and yells at all these doctors and says that I work with Dr. Stein, and Dr. Stein is furious that you're, you know, so far behind with all the results. And this one resident or whatever doctor looks at Megan and, like, is prickly to begin with, but then goes, sorry, Dr. Habib. <laughs> that's the name on the lab coat that she stole. Yeah, that was so a Megan's really great Dr. moment. Yeah. And then Michael comes in and catches her, and he's yeah. like, oh, my God, yeah, you well, better put, take that coat off before Dr. Habib comes back. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. The one... The one funny part the one laugh out loud moment i think uh, <laughs> but meanwhile megan has successfully gotten uh kimberly's x-rays so michael looks at them even though it's all confidential um and learns that she is in remission yes she is indeed in remission so kimberly comes to michael and he tells her that he knows the truth um and she, you know her thing is i don't 
need anything. I don't need a living doctor. It's your love that is making me feel better. All I need is you. It's the magical Mancini love is the best right. medicine. Right. Um, and, and she, like, refuses to believe that he could leave her. I mean, the whole thing is just so dumb. Like, Kimberly is the one who pushed him away because she had some unexplained lack of libido, and now she just wants him back. Well, I mean, like, that's tough. Right. But to Michael's credit, he turns her down and says he's married. He's with Megan now. He's Bye-bye, Kimberly. He committed to Megan right now. Yeah. Yeah. Man, right. that's bizarre. But anyway. Um, so then Megan has her own problems. We see her back at her really nice house playing the piano. Like, I mean, like, she's something out of a 19th century Dickens novel. Like, she's good. Um, <laughs> and that's when her old pimp shows up. Um, and I guess he's talking about a client that said she took her money and didn't, she took his money and didn't perform all of the required services. And I think that's when Michael found Megan with a John and like ran into the room and took her out of there. If, if I rem- if I'm thinking correctly, that's what he's referring to. Okay. Melrose years is like a decade earlier. Yeah. No kidding. Um, and he, he, like, grabs her. He starts to get a bit more violent. Um, she tells him that she got married to Michael. So that's but what we doesn't... need. Another outside threat coming in. Yeah, but, I mean, he, he, he's angry about it, but he doesn't seem... That's, you know, that, that doesn't make him go away. He's basically... He's, he's there. He's going to be there for the long haul. Um, we, have a new, we have a new plot twist. There's a new wrench in the relationship, and but yeah, another outsider has come in to muck it up. Yeah, we'll see where that goes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't imagine, you know, Michael couldn't buy the guy off, but whatever. No, and uh, I mean, I think the practice might even be doing well again. There, there is money coming in. I don't know. Well, I mean, Peter Burns is now chief of staff at the hospital. I would yeah. think that they, you know, he's pulling in bank, I would think. Yeah, I mean, the hospital doesn't seem to be doing well, but Peter seems to be. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> anyway. And then there was Sid. And then there was Sid. Poor Sid. She just... Poor Sid. She can't catch a break, but she's all... But, you know, it's also her fault. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, she sometimes does it to herself. Yeah. Um, I don't like the, the way the storyline plays through in this episode, but let's talk it out. Um, so Carter has been washing dishes at Shooters, and Sid, I guess because the boutique is right by the restaurant, is just always there. She's not still working there herself, right? No, it seems that she is no longer employed at yeah. the um, yeah at the restaurant. But so, by last call, it's always, like, Sid and Carter and Taylor and Nick in the restaurant. Not that they're all hanging out together. Taylor walks through and usually barks at someone. But, you know, Nick is behind the bar, and Kyle compliments Carter and says, like, now we can put you on, like, food prep duty. You can even, like, wash the lettuce or something. Like, keep... (laughs) So, Carter, at one point, is in the kitchen while it's just Sid and Kyle talking. Uh, And he comes out of the kitchen. And even though Sid and Kyle have had nothing going on now for months, you know, they're talking about life and Carter. You know, Sid talks about Carter being like a kid and she puts 
her arm on Kyle's, you know, her hand on Kyle's arm at one point. So, of course, uh, Carter sees it and seems a little too close for him. Um, but, but like, nothing crazy yet. Carter doesn't read too much into it yet. And then Sid and Carter are walking to Sid's car in the parking lot outside Kyle's. And, you know, an assailant comes up to them and holds them up at knife point. And, you know, they, they shove Carter up against the car. And just at that point, Kyle comes running out of the restaurant. Kyle being the former Marine that he is. Um, he takes the assailant down. Uh, the assailant runs away and Sid runs to Kyle instead of Carter. So Carter sees this too. Yeah. Um, all of which, you know, it was enough to give Jane pause and send her all the way back home to Chicago. Well, Carter has a, a similar sort of come to Jesus moment. And he says he has had his taste of the real world and wants, he wants to, to stop. Rich again. <laughs> he wants to go back to being a rich businessman, a rich computer genius. Um, and so he's going to leave that life behind, but he wants Sid to still be with him. And they're going to go on this big trip. Um, and Carter comes to the boutique and he sees he kind of comes from behind to, to find Sid, and she's talking to a customer, a customer who she's probably never seen before, we've never seen before, and she's talking about how there's two guys she likes, and one really does it for her, and the other has a lot of money, so Kyle is the one who does it for her, and Carter hears all this, <laughs> and then the woman even tells Sid, go for the money. Now, yeah. <laughs> you know, if Sid had been acting like the way Sid historically always did, like bumbling into bad situations, making the bad decision, this whole thing would have been a bit easier for me to swallow. But Sid's been playing a bigger adult than virtually everyone else on the show all season. The I fact think... that she's reverted like this, to me, feels like a cheat. Yeah. Like, it could have been enough if the fact that she ran to Kyle made Carter paranoid and he couldn't handle anything and just wanted to move on. I'd have preferred that if it's like we actually get Sid saying all, right. all of this. Like it would that have been, to me was a bummer. Yeah, it would have been so much better if Carter just made the assumption. Because yeah. the other thing is too, I don't believe that Sid felt that way last episode. Like no. I think she really fell for Carter yeah. and all his nerdiness. And the fact that they're sort of dragging this whole thing with Kyle out, I don't know. I just don't think that it's I, I don't I don't think it doesn't feel right. I mean she was she was in it with, with Carter. She was like, yeah, yeah okay. He, like, he made her yeah. that really romantic dinner in the yeah. apartment. And she was like, no one's ever treated me this way before. I mean like this is the character you bring in when you want to write a character in. Right. Like the way that, you know how like they, they really never convinced me that Joe was in love with that doctor who did the, right. like the doctors without borders in Bosnia thing. Like this is the way, like if you wanted to give Sydney an exit, you bring Carter in and then they leave town together as a couple with a lot of promise. Right. Cause they actually were a good match. They were kind of stunted in similar ways and also each brought out the best in each other. And it's like, I guess this storyline had a shelf life and they just had to write to it in the last couple of scenes in one episode. And it's a bummer because that's not where it had been headed and it, it, it wastes all the episodes we had where they could like slowly get together and slowly outwit Walter. Now she's just gone back to being 
you know, like fickle Sid. And that's not what she had been. And we kept applauding her for not being like that. So this is it for Carter? So we have one more scene with Carter. And that's the scene we're about to describe. And that's it. That's it for Carter? That's, this was it? This they don't bring goodbye. him back? This is his last I thought episode. they'd bring him back. Yeah. Sorry to, sorry to, I guess, spoil that. At least burst your bubble. Yeah. That, yeah. So, oh, okay. This, we see Sid and we see Sid so go to Carter. More. What's that? This storyline deserved so much better. That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. 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 So Sid comes to Carter's jet on the tarmac. She's got, like, this whole, like, got travel outfit. Hat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and And he says that he doesn't want to travel with her because she doesn't really want him. And she's like, wait, but I've given things up for you, which, I mean, she hasn't really. No, what has she given up? But okay. The idea of Kyle, I mean, like, she's not given up a career. She's not given up a family or anything. Um, the line doesn't really mean anything. Uh, and he goes, I'm taking back control of my company. Um, and one day you'll find the guy who has everything you need. Yeah. And he gets on his flight. He gets on his jet. And, you know, it it turns around and takes off with her watching. And she says to herself, what if it's you? Yep. Now, oh. if she had been in a real triangle going back and forth with two men and ultimately made what we consider the wrong choice, that's a good storyline. This is, this is BS. Yeah, this is just stupid. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing is, too, he lived in L.A. What is all this shit about going back to San Francisco? I guess we're to believe... In order to be out of Sid's life, he's got to be in another town. I mean, like, yeah, he had that whole mansion. Yeah, he had a mansion in L.A. All of a sudden, he's got to go back to San Francisco? Yeah. What? I mean, I mean, I get it, you know, like, computers in Silicon Valley and all that, but, you know, he's also rich enough that he could own huge houses in both and jet back and forth to them every day. I mean, like, right. he and didn't his- really have to fly out of her life. Yeah, and all of his business stuff was, like, happening. You know, and he could have just gone to Mexico without her. He could have thought, I'm just going to go on my holiday without you, and you stay here and go be with your married man. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we never see him again. I have a a pretty distinct memory of, like, that being the tag, that whole what if it's you seen at the airport. I remembered from way back when being like, yeah, this is his goodbye. And I knew watching this that, we were always going to get there. But I forgot how many episodes we actually had of the two of them together, which makes it all the more defeatist. Like, why why, why waste all this time? Well, that sucks. Yeah. I will say there is another potential love interest coming around the bend for Sid um, just a handful of episodes from now. Oh, boy. Well, there we go. So there we go. Again, like you said at the very beginning... Morose storylines. Yeah. Uh, there was one other thing I was going to say about Nick, which is, um, as an antagonist, he's really not that interesting. No, he's not interesting at all. And, you know, they could have. I mean, again, I think they could have made it more interesting, but they just didn't. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, again, this was one of their sweeps episodes from 23 years ago like mm. this is this is another one that they considered one of their bigger draws mm. so i have a fashion question <laughs> and you think i can answer okay 
I don't remember. Okay, so they have, first of all, Sid's outfits are perfect. Whoever yeah. is pulling her costumes, brilliant. Taylor, on the other hand, and even like, okay, Amanda and Allison, when they're in their business get-ups, you know, I remember well, Amanda the Amanda has been in all pantsuits, all yeah. Yeah. And I remember the suits. I remember, I, you know, I see those pantsuits and I'm like, oh, I remember those. Those were really flattering. Like, you know, I remember all of those. But then Taylor comes in and she is wearing everything matches. And she's not wearing like it's a it's not like a suit that matches. It's like a patterned polyester thing. And it yeah, matches. I feel like she's wearing either like polyester or satin. And it's like a lot of like Prints like mix and match things, yeah. There's no mix and match because the well, well, they're, they're, match. match and, they're match and match. There's I match and match, yeah. yeah. They, they, and I don't remember that being a thing. And so, was it a thing? I don't remember. I do not remember women walking around in these debt, like with the exception of the suits that, of course, always matched. Like remember, wearing. It was. I remember some of like I was a senior in high school when this was on, mm-hmm. and I remember some of the more popular students would dress like Taylor was. Not like in racy ways, but like they would wear like the satiny stuff and. And it and would match that, like that? It would be like uh, the same. Thing. I mean, I can't really attest to whether it did or not. And, I remember. And- I remember thinking there were some people who were dressing like Taylor when I saw them in school. Because That's it was like. And she had like the velour jumpsuit, which was like the juicy couture thing, but it was but juicy couture was later. Later. Yeah. This was but this was the same idea where you would wear these velour sweatsuits and they matched. And that's what well, I do know that I would see those same kinds of clothes elsewhere, like on MTV and VH1, the VJs would dress like that. Okay. So it was not I don't think she was an island in that regard. All right. Because I do not, I honestly do not remember this fashion trend. And I was like, oh my, maybe I blocked it out because I think it is so hideous. And I was like, oh, and I was like, I never wore like that matchy matchy bullshit. Like never wore that. Nope. No. Okay. That was my fashion question. Well, that was my fashion answer. You did a great job. Uh, so I guess Alzheimer's hasn't completely settled it. No. Uh, not yet. So I guess... I think that does us uh, in for another episode. Yeah, we're, we are done in. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go to Hollywood Boulevard. Yes, we are. Before I go, uh, I just want to say Happy Hanukkah again to those of you who are listening. And wish <laughs> a very public happy birthday to my fiancé. Uh, December 16th is her birthday. So if any of you are oh listening and, and it's, uh, well, even if it is later than the 16th, you could still reach out and wish her a happy one. Oh, are you guys doing anything special in the apartment? <laughs> well, now that indoor dining is done, um, we will probably take food out from somewhere nearby and, uh, I don't know, hopefully get some cake. That's, that's it. Oh, actually, yes, we do have a plan to celebrate, which is during the workday, we will play Cary Grant movies throughout the day. That's how we will celebrate. That and I'll repeat that on Hollywood Boulevard. That sounds lovely. Oh, yes. Um, so yeah, follow us over to the boulevard. Yes. Hope to see you there real soon. Vroom vroom. Bye.